And welcome back. This is the Northern Miner Podcast. I am Matthew Keevil with my co-host. Leslie Stokes, and I'm so excited for this weekend. Ah, the Canada Day-long weekend. Yes. Uh, when dreams are made and arms <laughs> are broken from consuming too much keg beer. Uh, hey, that never happened. <laughs> that never happened. False story. False story. I played the, the fourth. Uh, but yeah, so here we are. Uh, as we said last week, okay, Brexit happened. It Brexit ha- totally happened. It happened. As I said, all the polls were like, oh, no, it's not going to happen. And the pollsters are all a bunch of – their science is terrible, as I continually say. And they were all wrong and it happened by a sliver. So to start off, Matt, political rant. Because this is ridic- – in my opinion, if you're going to have a country nation-changing or larger, like uh, trans-global, if that's even a term, I don't know, but I just made it up if it's not. Go for it. Um, but if you're going to have an election of this magnitude or a referendum of this magnitude or a democratic activity, whatever you want to call it, you need what I would reference as a supermajority. And I would say that you need probably at least 70% voter participation in the entire country and at least, you know, like a 69-plus yes vote. Now, Vancouver, Canada, learned, we, this almost happened to us during our situation with Quebec because we previously had a similar, like, you just got to get, you know, whatever the majority is. You just need a majority for a yes, right? Now, that doesn't happen anymore. Now you need a higher majority. I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are now, but Britain, once again, t- taught us a lesson. If you're going to have a countrywide referendum where you're voting on something super important, maybe you want more than, like, a 0.2% yes vote yeah. to pass it. Because that means a large portion of your country does not want to do it. So, as you know, like everybody's learning lessons. When you, there's nothing wrong with referendums. I've heard a lot of people bashing referendums following this, and, and stupid politicians. But feel free to bash stupid politicians because they're they are idiots. But I also saw that the all like I saw a great uh, tweet segue or whatever. But uh, from Ezra Klein, who's the I think editor chief of Vox, which is an awesome online publication. And he tweeted, it's amazing that all these hopeful uh, British politicians that were championing Brexit now lost their jobs. So they're all out of work now. So <laughs> good, good work, everybody. It was uh, awesome. Totally surprise markets, uh, which brings us into our macro for the week. Um, because obviously, uh, as we have discussed, any sort of economic or sociopolitical volatility anywhere makes gold go up now. Um so gold had a huge run. We all seen it this week, well above thirteen hundred. Yeah, punched that thirteen. Punched straight through, which yeah. we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago. It had trouble kind of mm. mounting that uh, that peak there. Um, so now it's up at uh, one thousand three hundred twenty three dollars and forty eight cents an ounce, um, and it seems to be pretty steady there. It's been pretty flat the last couple of days, between about three seventeen and three twenty five. Um, meanwhile, uh, copper's also had a run. Um, as we said, uh, oil's also up at $48.38 a barrel, WTI on the New York exchange. Um, and copper's up at two twenty dot five. Yeah. So, you know what? It's, uh, everything's looking a little bit up. Everybody was really, I talked to a lot of people this week and they were like, this is great. We can raise money again. Everything's okay. And I'm like, well, <laughs> copper's still at 220. That's not fabulous. But anyway, anyway, that's not, that's, you know, you know, you take what you can get in these markets. It's because week by week, Matt. It is week by week. <laughs> week it is by week, week by week, right? Um, so uh, for today, gold is relatively flat. It opened about 317, closed at about 323. Um, silver crept up a little bit. Uh, it was around 19, uh, between 1850 and 19 when I walked into the studio. Um, and base metals were largely flat, except for nickel, which dropped about six cents to four dollars and twenty-two cents a pound. Um, okay, and then we'll talk about base metals a little bit. Uh, what we're doing here is we're sort of wrapping up, uh, sort of the, um, you know, little the first half of 
2016, so we can take a little bit of a look back. Uh, as we said, copper had been the worst performing metal year to date, but it has rallied a little bit over the past week. Um, so this week, base metals did, uh, by and large, continue um, a rally with a lot of them hitting multi-month highs. Um, and, uh, you know, traders uh, said industrial metals have recovered robustly from the Brexit uh, following the sell-off we saw shortly thereafter, right? So things have bounced back, actually, r- relatively surprisingly, outside mm. of Britain. Um, but um, a broader risk on tone, this is this is quotes from traders, I think I'm getting this off, uh, a Scotia report. Um, risk tone has emerged, equity markets have bounced back, and the dollar has stepped back slightly. Um, so, yeah, so everything's actually looking okay. So we're... You know, it's considering we just had this ridiculous referendum where all these people just, like, did really dumb stuff. You know, like. you went on a political rant. Can I go on a philosophical rant? Uh, sure. About Brexit? Uh-huh. Because it was a pivotal moment moment in my life Yeah. when that happened. Because I go home after a run, yeah. and I turn on the Bloomberg News, yeah. and there was this guy, right, standing in front of this big flashing screen with all these flashing red numbers, and he's like, this is going down, and this is going down, and gold is going up. And he's screaming as if it was like horses on a track. Yeah. And all this was happening and moving. And I thought, my gosh, the results just came out. Like nothing actually happened. Oh, yeah, everything. Other than just a story built on what kind of expectations we thought was going to happen. Then everyone reacted according to those expectations. It was this pivot, like I said, like crazy groundbreaking moment for me. Yeah. And the thing that came to my mind the most, Uh (laughs) it was just like flashed in my brain, was that scene from The Matrix and he's there holding the spoon and he's like trying to bend the spoon with his thoughts. Are you telling me the Brexit is your matrix spoon? Dude, I think the Brexit for me in that moment and was... And that dude, what, the dude on the TV was the bald-headed child? Yeah, but like trying to perpetuate this thought oh, of yeah, this is yeah. terrible and the market's going to move and oh my God, look, it is moving. And you know, it's just because well, th- it's all based on, I on think a story. A, like it did shock and nobody really saw it coming. Like I, nobody I talked to thought it would actually happen. Yeah, and so a lot of the politicians over there, like the the Leave side, the politicians representing the Leave side had subsequent interviews, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't actually know what's going to happen now because we didn't think we were going to win." It's like, "Oh, that's see, so you should maybe plan for that." But anyways, um, so funny, yeah, it, it was just crazy, and then Marcus began to realize that a under Article Fifty of the EU agreement, it's going to take years, for yeah, them a to couple fully of years, disengage yeah. if they do in fact um, go through with it. Because I'm hearing multiple different it's like reports a couple years on, of stories yeah whether it's going to happen and and how it's going on and and you know the eu uh, angela merkel and the uh the eu crew are trying to uh get britain to move on its butt but it's currently rudderless so interesting stuff uh not exactly <laughs> our mandate but i kind of wish it was because i would talk about it all <laughs> yeah. um but yeah there's a couple other big stories um that came across the wire uh, this week. Um, probably the largest came uh, into my inbox this morning, really early, about 5.40 Pacific time. So not so early in back east, but for us, I'm like, oh, what is that? Jeez, <laughs> yeah. It's not my alarm. Please turn it off. Um, so Newmont, we had talked about... Badu oh, um, Badu yeah, and and it being on the market, and they were negotiating with... Um, an Indonesian, uh, I guess, conglomerate or, or, or entity called um, PT Aman Mineral International. And that's, there we go. Um, so this morning they did come to an agreement where uh, Newmont would spell its 48.5% stake in the Batu Hijau mine uh, for total consideration um, of $1.3 billion, which is composed of $920 million in cash expected to be paid on closing uh, in the third quarter and contingent payments of $403 million tied to metal price upside 
and development of some satellite stuff. Um, uh, Sumitomo has also agreed to sell its ownership stake of the asset. Wow. Um, so this is going, I mean, this is what's happening in Indonesia right now. It's essentially uh, state-owned. They're taking, you know, they're public, uh, sorry, they're, the state's taking it. I mean, I, the other thing I was going to talk about today because um, it's, it's related is that the other news that came uh, across is that Rio Tinto has also essentially um, pulled out of Papua New Guinea. Um, so what they, they, uh, wow. Rio gave away a 54% stake in a PNG copper and gold mine, uh, which has reserves estimated to be worth $51 billion. Um, so this is a sort of a regional thing. It's not, well, I guess Indonesian. Right, PNG they had all those changes. In yeah. Yeah. So, law. so along with, to build um, uh, Newmont essentially and Sumitomo pulling out of, of Indonesia, we have Rio pulling out of Bougainville, uh, Bougainville copper. So they, uh, they just said would you know it's um not worth our trouble and and we've said we've said this a lot lately is 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 a lot of these big miners just don't want that risk anymore um and what are freeport's gonna do yeah and these uh well that's right we're look still looking at that i mean um so yeah so newmont's out of there uh there's some speculation what are they going to do with the money uh there hasn't been any m a buzz that i've heard yet um so uh but uh, one of the things scotia meant uh, Scotia mentioned was that uh, Newmont buying Barrick stake in the Kalgoorlie uh, asset could make sense. So that's something to watch. But uh, yeah, so Newmont is not in Indonesia anymore. And we'd been waiting for the, I know, Leslie's. <laughs> so devastated. Yeah. I used to spend a lot of time at the Batu Hijau. Yeah, yeah. So mine, just uh, hanging out, surfing. And yeah, everybody, it, it, our regular listeners will recall Leslie's uh, stories. Adventures of the, uh, in Sambawa yeah, with yeah. the Batu Hijau Hash House Harrier crew. That's right. At least they punched through their thousandth run before, before this happened. So. That's but right. all my thoughts kind of go out to that community because, again, Newmont, you guys did such an amazing job building that community. Yeah. I mean, seriously, out of the entire country of Indonesia that I've scoured and ran across, there was no better road <laughs> I've ever seen, ever seen than the one that you, you get onto when, when you're heading towards um, Maluk and, and those areas where the mine is. So, seriously, everything that you guys have done for the community, big yeah. shout out there. Yeah. Fantastic. And so, uh, yeah. Newmont's once again uh, predominantly focused on the U.S. So, mm-hmm. there goes. And uh, yeah. so, the uh, analysts were relatively fine with the evaluation from what I saw. It was It was pretty much on par with what I'd been. Reading was expected at about the one, you know, one point three to one five billion dollar mark. So Newmont got out of there, f- figured it out. I mean, it, it's a situation where you just can't, you know, it's pretty much state mandated. So mm. good, for, good for them to uh, realize the value, get out of there, and can focus on uh, focus on things close to home now. Uh, maybe or maybe they go after barrack stuff. Who knows? We don't. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, the other big news. Um, and I'll let Leslie get into this because this is local, um, oh, yeah. is that uh, Imperial Metals uh, has received the permit to completely reactivate the Mount Pauli mine. Yes. Like, yeah, Congratulations. So, yeah. After after much uh, discussion and, uh, uh, you know, working with the government, I Basically assume. Basically two years of really of, yeah. hard work. Yeah, exactly. And I tweeted this earlier. I thought, you know, just how quickly everyone responded. 
to that disaster and got on top of it and did the investigations and and sought the accountability and just like worked it through two years man that's such a quick time yeah and you know i'm proud to say like i love having mining in my backyard because when stuff like this happens we can take care of it and um yeah so anyway really positive news out of imperial they're going to be ramping up production pretty soon to twenty thousand tons per day which is what their milling rate was before yeah the incident occurred <clears throat> so they're also i was talking to uh, steve robertson he's the corporate affairs guy with yep. imperial vice and, president corporate affairs yeah, yeah and he yeah. was telling me that um it only it's only going to take a couple of days to like switch the lines over from because they were storing everything in the springer pit yeah and now they're just going to be reusing their tailings facility that's been like enhanced and repaired and strengthened with buttresses and all that jazz now, you had to move two and a half million tons of material just to butcher that yeah it's a lot of it's a lot uh, of material hey it's, it's a lot of earthworks yeah it's just pretty crazy super the question i had was um i know they had uh, uh announced they were going to put uh huckleberry on care and maintenance um do they they foresee the continued operation of poly was that the company line kind of thing they were gonna no well they just did it because of copper prices yeah, right yeah and that that was a while ago when they put huckleberry on so yeah, they're yeah. gonna be um they're gonna be relooking if this is all off memory but they're gonna be relooking at maybe um doing something with well, it'd be interesting. In I, I haven't looked at the mines uh too closely um to see where sort of the margins are as in regards to copper prices where they would look what the look, they would look like at two dollars and twenty cents versus yeah two seventy five I know is what they use for Mount Polly yeah so it's it's interesting to see I mean uh, you know copper prices are on the way up but if they stay where they are now it'll be interesting to see what happens with those mines mm. um, the other one I always look at is Gibraltar because their their grill uh, graded mill is like 0.2 percent copper or something like that yeah um, so it's interesting really to great. see that, like these aren't the highest grade mines obviously because mm -hmm. um, BC has been pretty mined over. Um, but interesting to see just uh, just what's going on with that. Um, so good for them. Nice to hear that about Imperial Metals. Yeah. Um, I guess I should mention this now. Uh, my dad actually works at Imperial Metals. Yes. Uh, for one more day. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, but uh, his name's Gord Keevil. Gord's amazing. Yeah. I look forward to him calling um, all the time. And today is actually his <laughs> retirement day. Yeah. So this is his last yeah, day. Yeah, Gord. So I wanted to give a shout out to my dad after roughly, Happy oh my retirement. gosh. Happy How many years in the industry? It would be, he started when he was 29. I won't disclose his age now. Uh, you know, over, over 30 <laughs> years, like, like over 30 years in the business. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff with, um, with juniors, uh, came into Imperial when, uh, they picked up Selkirk metals, which he started with, uh, a very good geologist, Jim Miller Tate, who's at Imperial. Now they discovered the Reddit Creek deposit. Um, in, uh, it's a zinc, a nice little zinc play. Um, he's done a lot of cool stuff. Started out with, uh, companies like Naramco, worked with a lot of cool people. So props, dad, you made it. You've retired. Yay. I wish I could retire. <laughs> you just surf all the time. I don't know what I do. Um, but congrats. Just wanted to uh, give a uh, shout out to my dad for a very long and awesome career. And yeah. he's been in the business for a very long time. So um, I'm sure he'll be out there consulting and stuff. And I hope to still see him around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you never really get don't, this. Don't go too far, Gord, please. You never really I get this, uh, this game out of your blood, I don't think. He'll probably be around. Okay. Uh, you might see him pop up on some, bo <laughs> some board of directors or something like that. Maybe maybe I'll see him out surfing. Yeah. No, I don't him. think so. Maybe on the golf course. Maybe on the <laughs> golf course. Uh, but yeah, so... Meeting him for beers after work. We'll see them then. Cheers them. And uh, so, yeah, props, Dad. Um, so, yeah, so there's uh, a few other things. Um, one of the things that came out, uh, uh, an interesting one. Um, do you follow Lucara at all, the diamond play, uh, Lucas Lundin's diamond play? Yeah. We had talked about they had this <laughs> massive stone. Um, it oh, was right. 11 it over, uh, this one's called La Cida La Rona. 
and it is over 1100 carats just slightly 1109 carats um and they had this like huge i think sotheby's did it they had this huge they webcast it did this huge production like everybody was there it was like in london in the middle of the afternoon and they, they did this big thing and everyone's like oh how much are they going to get for it how much were they going to get for it and um Analyst estimates had the thing valued at about $70 million, right? 70. 70 million. Um, oh, my God. And uh, so guess what happened? It didn't sell. <laughs> so they had this whole uh, dog and pony show going on. What's a dog and pony show anyway? That's an interesting turn of phrase. A dog and <laughs> John pony. will know. Is it, is it like a circus? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's an old fat. I don't know. Anyway, they had an old dog and pony show going on. <laughs> and, uh, and then the, the thing, the highest bid was $61 million. Which is an implied value of fifty-five, roughly fifty-five thousand dollars a carat. No, which did not meet the good. reserve price set by the company. Uh, therefore, the film was not sold. So <laughs> this created a bit of like havoc. Oh man, it, uh, like their stock price went way to, like just got bopped on the head. Go on. All the analysts were like, "What the Jeez. heck? You didn't sell this massive stone." And one of the things they're talking about is you can cut it right and sell it in smaller or you can hold units. it and just stare at it forever. well that's what they're doing now they're like, like the uh <laughs> william lamb who who's awesome he's the president and ceo of lucara um and they're um they're asked us the carol mine uh but uh he was like he's like well we still have it <laughs> it's like it's not like it went anywhere mm. so it's like they just failed to sell it but it was it was pretty um it was a uh a pretty high profile situation just because it is massive rock uh, and they made a big, a big deal about it. Like there was like webcasts and you could tune in and watch and there's like people eating crumpets and being like, huh, it's very fancy. <laughs> and, 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 well, it was, yeah, it was, and, and then there was like, and then there was like someone, I read like hilarious reports and it was like, oh God, this is what happened. It's because of the Brexit. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> You're kind of it's reaching. It's a story again. Yeah, See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Just it's like it. if a butterfly flaps its wings. No, no, this is not what we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah, the the giant diamond did not fail to sell because oh, British God. voted to leave the EU. We, though we can, you know, talk about correlation versus causation. It's, it's definitely the scapegoat that, for anyway, a lot of things. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Brexit did it. It was the <laughs> British. Oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah. So, <laughs> that, was, that was one of the big stories that sort of crossed my desk uh, this week. Um, and I have a couple others, but, but first we were, uh, going to talk a little bit about something new and, uh, we're proud to say, um, we've picked up our first sponsor yes, we for have. the podcast. Um, and, uh, that's a big thing for us because, uh, when we started this, it was Leslie and I in a, in a little white room with two microphones kind of trying to figure out what Computers a podcast, well, what a podcast was. Memory cards running yeah, out of yeah. space. Matt forgetting to hit record. Yeah. Like, I've got like a slew of papers yeah. all over the, <laughs> there was that one time where I lost the podcast and we had to re-record it on podcast. Monday. So despite all of our, uh, all of our misadventures in podcasting, <laughs> we, uh, we've sort of, we've, we're, we're, we've created something that seems to be catching on, which is really nice. Um, so, uh, I'd like to give a big prop out to our first sponsor, which is the Yukon Mining Alliance. Which is so cool. Which is awesome. We, we have a, the Yukon government and, and the companies working up there have always been really, uh, really great. And, uh, we love the jurisdiction and I Leslie loves the mineral potential. I love the jurisdiction Actually, let, let's hear and the mineral So potential. what we're going to be doing here is sort of a Yukon Minute. Uh, okay. uh, so this is brought to you by our sponsor, the Yukon Mining Alliance. Um, well, let's start it then with you talking about why you love the Yukon geology so much. Oh my God. I'm so into the Yukon geology and I'm so stoked that they're sponsoring us because it gives me an opportunity to talk about how amazing the Yukon is and the potential for gold and for everything up there. 
so um, often on these podcasts. Well, you know, I'm just really so drawn to any sort of explorer that is doing work up there because myself and pretty much like every other geologist in the world, we're just missing that one little puzzle piece towards the biggest discovery of them all. This is this is the uh, the, the uh, what do you want to call the it? Search I don't want to for say the search for the mother load. But yeah, there's so so the big theory on the Yukon. We'll just go. There's all the placer gold up there. Yes, um, twenty million ounces have yeah. been mined out of and a small little patch of land in the Klondike. Since the good old days, they they have everyone's been looking for the and big hard rock. No one has found source. the hard rock. The only the only source that they have pegged with geochronological. Geo- Chronology. I'm like stuttering heaps today, but anyway, um, the only source that they've been able to peg it to would be, or not not source, but the same time event would be white gold. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is Kamenek and oh uh, no 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 Kinross. Kinross, sorry, yeah, Kinross. across the river from Kamenek. That's right. And yeah. so it's one million ounces, um, and they linked it back to this Jurassic event that occurred. Yeah, and so. It's only a million ounces, so it still doesn't, you know, there's still a huge differential between pl- placer gold and what's still in the ground. We're talking about, like, where is the roots of, of these, of, of all this placer? And when you look at coffee, when you look at Boulevard, Independence Gold, when, when you look at some of the other ones, they're linked to a much, much younger event in the Cretaceous. Yeah. So same sort of uh, mineralizing event, like it's like all these big mountains were being formed and all this jazz. Um, but yeah, that, that Jurassic event still doesn't really have its roots. And like we see in, in British Columbia, Bruce Jack and, and yep. Red Chris and all those like Porphys and stuff, that was all around the Jurassic time too. So there was a lot of things happening mm-hmm. in this part of the, the North American well, it's, Yeah, and, and I mean, and... Uh, so it's not, it's, the thing is with me is that, oh my God, it's it's out there, man. It's see, you're a geologist, this is, geologists are obsessed it's with still, finding this hard rock. We're, so. we're either one piece of, one, yeah. one piece of the puzzle puzzle away from making discovery or away from becoming like going into insanity and so (laughs) yeah exactly so we uh leslie and myself will be heading up to dawson yeah uh, i'm gonna go gold panning and what's the exact date of that conference you know the 13th i think there's a there's a little mini conference in dawson city and we will actually be podcasting live from the conference floor so you, if you if you happen to be in Dawson City, we will be there, and please stop by our little booth. I want to get like be... a big map or something and play a game of like pin the tail on the mother load and just like put blindfolds over people and just I don't know get, give them a rock pick and make them stick it in the in the map. And that and that and is that how we're going to find the mother load. That is science. <laughs> That's science. That is that is how we do it over here. <laughs> We throw That's basically darts. what uh, geologists do all the time. Yeah. We look at maps and be like, right. Well, if I, uh, yeah. every like every geo I've ever known has always sent me that Dilbert cartoon. Have you ever seen that Dilbert cartoon where it's like these guys standing there? He's like, what? Do, why? Why don't we become geologists? And the other guy's like, what? That's just drinking and guessing. Yeah. Or I think that's how it goes. Liquor, I'm liquor gonna get like guessing. so many emails now. Matt, you totally oh butchered God. that cartoon. Um, <laughs> So it's so true. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna be up there. Um so each each week we'll Actually, do a little bit of a Yukon minute, just update maybe on yes, uh, one you. or two companies up there. Mm. So yeah, thank you again to the Yukon Mining Alliance. Um that includes a lot of great companies, including Attack, uh Western Copper, um, Alexco, uh Kamenak before the Gold Corp swooping in there um yeah. victoria gold and a bunch of other great companies so please uh please do check out the yukon and uh, take a look at some of those companies because um they're all getting their yeah with 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 gold corp getting up there things are things are getting really now. interested yeah and there is a lot of drilling going on up there i know mm-hmm. um, i was talking to uh 
to uh, representatives from Attack, and they're doing some interesting drilling at their Tiger deposit. Um, I know uh, Victoria has been pumping out results at their Olive and mm. Shamrock targets. Oh, um, Independence is also starting their work on Boulevard, and Gold Corp just recently yeah. got that 20% stake yeah. in their project. So th this is a package of land that Independence Gold has that's basically like right alongside of Kamenak's property. Mm -hmm. And it and it irks me because I should have seen this, like, um, this coming. Mm -hmm. Because when you look at the feasibility report or uh, for Kamenak, yeah. they mentioned Boulevard heaps okay. through it. Okay. And and they it's like Boulevard is known to be basically related to the exact same sort of event that formed coffee. Yeah. So it's kind of like the the next of kin. And Gold Corp now owns 19.9. And they own 19.9%. Yeah. Uh, and so that's basically them, eh, a form of, you know, dotting their I's and crossing their T's, making yeah. sure that if there is something there, well, it's they good have to know rights, right? because I mean, and usually these companies, company, so yeah. So the, these companies usually come yeah. in; they'll just focus on mining. And to me, that's like a sign of confidence that wait a second, Gold Corp might be also looking at you know um, keeping their eye on the exploration ball, which is good to see too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so once again, thank you to our friends in the Yukon for for uh, stepping up and uh, giving us our first ever sponsor. So they'll also go down. I get as to our talk about the Yukon first all the ever time. sponsor, and, and Leslie gets to talk about. Yes. This um, so we will. If anyone's up there, we'll we'll be up there. <laughs> Uh, for the Dawson us. City Mini Conference, uh, we will be broadcasting. Let's go do the well, broadcasting. cocktail together. I, sh I should, I should, we'll be, we'll be recording live, which sounds ridiculous, but we will be there recording our show. Um, so that's what we'll be doing up there. So thanks again. That's been our, a little bit longer than a minute, but you can expect a little bit more, uh, more of the Yukon Minute. And uh, moving on a little bit, this is also slightly outside our... Eh, what comfort? No, nah, I wouldn't say comfort zone. Uh, outside of our sort of general, uh, our general jive. <laughs> uh, so, so this just came earlier today, and this is sort. This is this is sort of well, not really surprised me, but it, it came out uh, that Northern Bay, uh, the Northern Gateway Pipeline approval was overturned. Um, so the Federal Court of Appeal finds that Canada failed to consult with First Nations on the pipeline project. Um, so uh, this is this is Enbridge's. As the CBC says, controversial Northern Gateway pipeline, um, and uh, so they threw it back to Ottawa and said, uh, "We find that Canada." The ruling said, "We find that Canada offered only a brief, hurried, and inadequate opportunity to exchange and discuss information and dialogue." Um, so, this, this they're citing what we've always talked about, which is the constitutional requirement to consult, um, and so they are going to be. It's it's not like dead or anything. It's just a, they got to re-go through their consultation right mm -hmm. um so this is a big big news in bc and also big news i mean we, we, we <laughs> if you recall our episode last week when matt went on a giant rant about uh, uh access payments uh, various socio-political issues uh <laughs> involving uh first nations and access payments and things um this is very probably the largest conversation we we're having in canada nationally right now um, and we, we talked about uh, uh, how Trudeau's government has triggered a review of environmental pr uh, uh, review processes. So they're looking at toughening up regulations, etc. Um, which is interesting because at the same time, they're trying to sort of get Northern Gateway going, but this kind of blew up in their face. So it'll be very interesting to see uh, how they handle their their <laughs> penchant for loving to consult the federal liberals with the fact that this just blew up in their face. Um, so interesting stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, so this is literally just broke earlier today. Uh, we're still kind of uh, digesting uh, what maybe might be the next steps. I haven't seen 
uh, response from the feds yet. So if there is one out there, I'll, I'll take a look later. But I'm sure uh, I'm sure we'll get an editorial on that next week because that's a pretty apropos topic. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's another like a couple other things I want to talk about. Um, one of them was uh, just a little interesting one um, that I'm going to be looking at is that Lundin Mining, um, who people might rec- recall picked up the Eagle deposit, uh, just put out a, uh, a little PEA and the maiden resource on the Eagle East uh, discovery that that's, people are thinking is, is might be a, a really material uh, addition to the mine down the road. Um, and so this thing is, uh, it, it's got pretty good grades, uh, 1.18 million tons. Uh, these are inferred ounces, or inferred resources, sorry, uh, grading 5.2% nickel and 4.3% copper. Um, so an interesting stuff. And they also, at the same time, they're just going to go for it, this thing. They're just like, let's go. They put a PEA out. They're going to feasibility. Um, and uh, they just want to get get started developing the ramp into this thing because it is like the grades are pretty good. Like I must say, and we did just discuss that um, though nickel's down a little bit, it has been doing uh, better. So along with all mm. the base metals, right? Um, which is interesting because uh, Lundin, this just gives you a little bit of insight into company thinking on the future of nickel. Mm. Uh, like we just talked about, nickel, I think, was at about $4.20 a pound when I walked in here. Uh, the PEA that Lundin put out on Eagle East assumes $8 per ton nickel and $3 per pound copper. Or wow. Per pound nickel, sorry. $8 per pound, $8 per ton. That would make it worth nothing. So um, so they, they put this out. Uh, has a nice look at 40% IRR at those metal prices. Um, and uh, some of the analysts I talked to, uh, this one's from Scotia, I believe, or maybe Canaccord. So forgive me, one of you two, but it's one of them. Uh, the project improves the uh, net asset value estimate for Eagle by $773 million, or $1.07 per share. That's pretty good. Or by 42%. Um so an interesting little uh, side there. They uh, <clears throat> want to get uh, want to get it sort of into the production profile by 2020, um, and then uh, get it sort of pumping stuff out by 2023. And this thing does have a chance to grow. So it's an interesting little sidebar um, just for uh, Lending's Eagle, which has you know been a nice little uh, addition to the portfolio. I mean, it's not not a Candelaria or anything like that. But I it's can't a- imagine like just packing up shop and just being okay with that. I would, I would, can, can you imagine you're operating a mine site and you know, you're coming near the end and then you think it's like, it's like having to pack up your entire house that you've been living in for 25 years. Yeah. No one's really looking forward to doing that. Yeah. yeah so exactly. I, I yeah, don't blame yeah. them for, uh, you know, seizing the opportunity to do brownfields. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's like it, the other thing is we're always talking about it and, and it's, you know, once you have all the infrastructure built, the critical mass you need to discover to keep the mine running, like, yeah, is 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 much lower. I mean, I it's just like a question fields. of, of uh, you know, just just finding something brownfield is just you know it preferred the yeah pre- the preferred method of discovery <laughs> currently. Okay. Um, and uh, the funny thing is though, I I don't know if you've heard this um, as I, I've heard a few CEOs and and C suite people. Um, talking about how it's getting better for greenfield like earlier stage exploration as well cool. um i saw that uh balmoral closed their like seven million dollar placement that we were talking about um and then i was targeting to mark Colibaba, who's with adamera minerals and they have a uh property in washington state near um kinross's kettle river mill or the buckhorn mine if you want to call Good it memory, that. Matt. um and uh he was saying that uh he's like 
he's like earlier this year he's like the majors went up like we saw like Barrett Goldcorp gain ground and but he was saying we didn't we couldn't raise Meaning money horse. in February he said but they just uh, closed uh, he said they just there he just did his financing and it was oversubscribed it was like just people were running cool. into it and this is a gold project so everybody keep that in mind I'm not necessarily saying you can go out and explore for copper right now. <laughs> or nickel or something but with gold juniors you were saying it's like he's like the best thing we ever did this year was go to the pdc and he's like we were not we weren't gonna go and then things started kind of heating up and we decided heck let's get a booth and he's like after that things just started to snowball and now we have money to do a full program so he was saying this is actually i wrote a story up on it just because eh, it's good to hear because like i've known get your booth at the i've PDC. known adam era and i've talked to mark for a couple years yeah and, and things were a bit grim there <laughs> Like, like, like he was telling me, he's like, ah, man, like I had to forego salary for like two years, but we were like really believe in the project. So it's nice to hear good stories about, about, uh, yeah, it's like nice to hear good stories about, um, people who've, who've held it together through what's been very tough and are now starting to see some rewards. So hopefully, hopefully they'll start to, and the stock, their stocks web, they're down at a penny and they're at 10 cents, but I mean, we've we've seen that with absolutely everything. Lately, especially juniors have definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's been an interesting, um, interesting time for sure and everyone's working so hard yeah everyone well there's a lot of field programs out there this year i know i'm so excited yeah, yeah it's an interesting uh interesting time I there'll be see a, the um, right now. a significant amount of drill results coming out i saw the uh, i don't know if you caught the big construction update on bruce jack today too oh yeah i was looking at some that gorgeous yesterday pictures that they had yeah. like uh trucking along up there and looks like they're uh, right on right on track to get going so yeah. um some really good stuff uh we do not unfortunately have tweets of the week this week because Oh, and we don't have a top whatever list. We tried to get something. I tried. I tried to get the the cutest camp pets. The cutest camp pets. Well, Are I you just to have I just wanted something cute this week. I don't oh, know okay, okay. something well, we, adorable. But I was like, well, you know. And I asked my friends, I was like, anything unusual will do as well. But nobody really kind of got back to me on that one. I guess they like the uh, the more <laughs> the prank one. The well, well, we're or... we're looking. I, I thought we were gonna do like best. Uh, camp contraptions or something. Yeah, I've got I've got a whole list. But yeah, this, this yeah. week I tried to go for the camp pets. Well, well, we will be reaching out to uh, you, the faithful listener, to get put together some more really awesome Please. top five to top ten list, depending yes. on how many responses we Anything. get. Uh, but yeah, so uh, pay attention to my tweets because I'll tweet it out. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Leslie will, tweets it out every week. I usually retweet it. So check our feeds and uh, you'll jump on that. It's at Northern Geo um, and at Matthew Keevil. Um, mm-hmm. I have a very creative Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> I got lucky with mine. Yeah, that was good. Um, and so everybody, I hope you have had, had? a very... Good Canada Day long weekend. Yeah. Leslie's getting out of town to go surfing. Surfing um, with my brand new board. I'm throwing the king doing? of all backyard barbecues, I believe. Oh, are you really? Yep. Yep. Awesome. I'm going to uh, swing by the uh, local brewery. We have the uh, some amazing micros in Vancouver here. Uh, so I'll swing by, get a keg of the good stuff. Awesome. Uh, had to get some ribs on the grill. <laughs> and uh, there'll be a few, uh, few rug rats running you, around. I hope you gotta, you, you gotta get some fireworks, you know. There's nothing, I don't know about... <laughs> there's nothing better than cakes and fireworks. It's like an Australian a, Friday night every that single big week. yard. Like, I feel like I would just set my neighbor's house on fire. <laughs> anyway, but happy Canada Day. Happy Canada Day, and everyone. And thank you very much for listening. This has been the Northern Miner Podcast. I'm Matthew Keel. I'm Leslie Stokes. Have a great week. Cheers.